Welcome to the Living Through Heart podcast. I'm Donna Joy Asher and I'm an analytical hypnotherapist, a psychotherapist, a spiritual healer, a magnetic mind coach and a multi-award winning best-selling author. I believe that everybody is capable of creating whatever they want if they can just get out of the beliefs and stories in their head. This podcast is an audio blog of my thoughts as I go on a journey to heal my soul, surrender into my feminine power and to live from the present moment in heart. I hope you find it amusing, interesting, thought-provoking, touching, raw and inspiring. Hi, I'm Donna Joy Usher. Welcome to my podcast, Living Through Heart. If this is the first episode that you've listened to, this is episode 28, and I'm starting a five-part series on attachment styles today. So in this episode, we're going to go through kind of an overview of what are attachment styles and how do they form. And then I'm going to spend one podcast each on, on one of the main four types of attachment styles. And the reason I want to do this is because I've, in the last six months, I've, I've come to personally understand how important this is um, within us and within our psyche. Now, when I studied to be an analytical hypnotherapist and psychotherapist a few years ago, we did kind of touch on it in the theory, but at the time I really didn't get it. I was at that point um, kind of at the end of a very long-term relationship, 25-year relationship, and um, it's, it's been two years now since I left my husband. Um, and in that two years, since since that time, I have held myself apart, very, uh, very consciously held myself out of any any sort of um, entanglement or relationship or anything because I knew I needed to heal, and I've been working on my own healing. And then about six months ago, I got triggered up into uh, an anxious attachment, and I'll go through um, anxious attachments in a separate a separate podcast. But basically, what happened is I got triggered up. Um, and anxiety and fear of rejection and all this pain oh my god it was it was terrible (laughs) but luckily I was in a space kind of coming into tantra and starting to learn about the sort of stuff that I was able to recognize what it was and to realize it for the wounding pattern within me that it was so I could work through it and heal it and I've spent the last uh, pretty much six months uh, going into my anxious attachment triggering it up consciously and on purpose and then sitting with the pain of it and holding myself within it so that I could move into it and process it and follow it back to where it began all the different beliefs all the different memories all the different things that had happened to me um, that had caused this anxious attachment to be there and I'm, I'm really lucky to have discovered um, two main mentors actually here in Perth so two women who are uh, basically embodiment practitioners and also tan into tantra and one is georgia rose and one is chantelle raven and i'm working with both of those women um working with georgia rose uh, doing courses and going to events that she runs and with chantelle raven i'm actually working through her one year practitioner training so her um, tantra embodiment practitioner training at the moment so learning how she works with clients and what it is that she does and both of these women um, I have learned about attachment styles from um, thankfully so that I could do what I've done to help myself so what are attachment styles so what well, what is attachment theory, right? So attachment theory was um, created by a guy called John Balby. So back in the 1950s, um, and he was observing parents and caregivers and how they responded to their children and basically how this shaped the child's development and relationships. And it's this this relationship between the caregivers and it can the parents. It can also be older siblings. It can be um, you know um, aunts, uncles, friends of the family, things that are actively involved in caretaking the child. 
But more often than not, the, the strongest attachment sort of styles comes from the parents themselves because they're the most heavily involved in the child. Obviously, these things are always different from family to family. But the how the caregivers react to the child and respond to the child creates a feeling of basically a feeling of safety within the child. And everything goes back to feeling safe. Everything goes back to our ability to be safe and everything that happens um, within us in that form, form, like those first few years when we're forming our belief systems, it's all about how to stay safe. So how our caregivers respond to us and to our needs creates um, either a sense of safety or a sense of not being safe within it. And we have to bond to our caregivers to, to have that safety. So when we have a caregiver that is abusive, um, or is uh, neglectful, even though we have to bond to them, then there's uh, different anxieties that can be created and um, trauma that can be created, uh, particularly if the caregiver is abusive. The, the child has to bond to the caregiver that is abusive for safety, but then they're also fearful of the caregiver. And that can be a, a real muck around. The other thing that can happen is you can have caregivers that are, uh, actually mean well for the child, but they're absent. And that maybe that they're not there all the time. Maybe they're so busy that they're not able to uh, be there when the child needs things or they're misinterpreting what the child needs. So there is a cycle that happens and it's the breakdown of this cycle that creates problems with attachment styles. So actually, let me just talk briefly about the four main types of attachment styles. So there's attachment styles secure, there's anxious, there's avoidant. And then there's disorganized, they're the four main types of attachment styles. And I'm going to go into each one of these in a podcast of its own. So secure attachment is like obviously what is uh, healthy. Secure attachment means that the child can securely attach to someone without needing, without being anxious. Um, they don't have to be avoidant and there's no confusion surrounding it. And they can flow in and out of relationships and feel quite safe and secure within relationship. Uh, anxious attachment is uh, comes from when there has been a breakdown within the healthy attachment cycle, which I'll go into a minute, and the child is not sure whether or not the needs are going to be met and they can get anxious. Avoidant happens uh, when there's basically uh, a wall. So with the anxious, there, there becomes a neediness, a fear of rejection, a fear of not having your needs met. Um, with uh, avoidant, there is like a whole wall that goes into place where I'm not allowed to feel emotions. And that can come either from there being so much pain um, from needs not being met that they just put this wall up where they're not uh, not allowed to have, basically they don't allow themselves to uh, attach because it's too painful. Um, or it can be if there's an overbearing parent, often a mother that's um, over controlling um, that their energy is flowing in to the child's and the child needs to learn to put a wall up to keep them the, this energy at bay to protect themselves basically and then there is disorganized which is kind of like the hardest one to work with as a therapist disorganized is a combination of anxious and avoidant happening at once within this person so they're anxiously wanting to attach but then they're also like wanting to repel at the same time and it's quite a cacophony of emotions that's happening inside them and this comes from when the caregiver is particularly abusive it can be emotionally abusive sexually abusive um, and any sort of where they have to have to bond to this caregiver for safety, yet the caregiver is abusing them and they're fearful of the caregiver. So what is the healthy attachment cycle? So the healthy attachment cycle is when the baby or the toddler or the child, so this is um, in the formative years uh, from the moment they're born, you know, it can also really start in womb, right? Is the child getting what they need from the mother? 
um, when they're when they're being formed, and and it can be also like you know. I've been to many memories of children in the womb, babe, like when they're in the womb already, uh, and they can feel the energy of the mother um, is absent towards them. They're not loved. They're not wanted. Um, maybe the mother's in an abusive relationship, and and this can all is already setting up problems within the child. Already, belief patterns are there. Lack of safety is there even within the womb, right? But once the child is born. Um, they have a need. So then they might have a need, might be hunger, they might be in pain, they might be uncomfortable, they might be cold. And then so that need creates an arousal inside them. Um, so the arousal might be they might get cry, they might get upset, they might be grisly, um, they might get angry. And then after the arousal is the relief of the need being met. Okay, so they have the arousal, they net, they let their need be known. Then the caregiver meets that need and then there's relief. And then because of that need being met and the gratification that comes from that, and the safety that comes from that, they develop trust. And they have this belief that I'm okay. You know, adults are okay. They develop this trust. And then the cycle goes round and round. They have a need. There's the arousal. The need is met. The trust develops. And if there is a breakdown between that arousal and the need being met, then that's when an attachment style that's not secure develops. Now, in saying that, if you're a parent and you're listening to this, don't freak out. They have, <laughs> I don't know how they worked out this percent, but they've worked out that the um, between the arousal and the relief, the need being met, it only has to be met about 38% of the time for the child to go in to be able to securely attach. And sometimes it can be too also that... Um, there, there can be also sometimes, you know, when you're when you first got a newborn baby and maybe it's your first child and they're crying, you don't know what the problem is, right? So they're trying to work it out. Maybe you're not meeting the need, but the child can feel that you are there. They can feel your energy. They can feel your care. They can feel your love. They can feel that you're trying to meet their need. So you, even if you don't get it right the first time all the time, um, it's the fact that you're there willing to meet their need. That's really what is important. So. When this cycle is broken between the arousal and the relief, that's when these attachment styles form. So each of these attachment styles is a spectrum. It's not black and white. It's It does shift and you can have secure attachment relationships with some people and then being anxious with others and being avoidant with others. And what's really interesting is that this energy that is created within this attachment style creates polarity between people as well and I don't know if you've ever had a moment where you met someone and it's almost like your energies collide and it's like this instant like you've known this person you recognize it it's like oh my god this is amazing there's fireworks you fall into a fast relationship you know maybe the sex is amazing and you it's like oh my god these souls were destined to be together and then like a month later it all starts to go wrong (laughs) And this polarity is created because, ironically, anxious attaches, and as I said, I'll go into this more in future in future podcasts, but just this is interesting, anxious attaches um, and avoidant attaches, the polarities attract each other. And it's because we fulfill each other's belief system. So an anxious attacher has a fear of being rejected. And they don't have boundaries. They flow into other people's energies and they have a need that needs to be met. And they need somebody else to need this met. And this is this wounding. There's this unhealed wound that's there within them because the needs were not met as a child. And 
when they have somebody in their life, when they when they have somebody showing them attention and showing them love, it's like this balm that's applied to a wound and everything is right in the world. And all of that unconscious pain and discomfort that they're often even unaware of, it might be like an underlying anxiety that's there. You know, they might have like um, habits and addictions that come from these things, right? Because that's what happens. We have like, you know, we might be eating or we might be, you know, social media scrolling or watching lots of telly and stuff to, to hide this discomfort, right? But when somebody comes into our life and shows this love and affection and attention, and often it, it has to be, um, I mean, it can happen with friends, but in an intimate relationship with a partner, that's where um, the wounds like get really filled up. They don't get healed though, right? It's like this person's energy flows in and it makes everything okay for a while. So the anxious attacher has somebody coming in and that like all their needs are being met, right? And then often it's an avoidant attacher. So the avoidant attacher comes in, but then what happens is the avoidant starts to get triggered up and they pull back. And then the anxious one starts to feel this rejection and they get triggered up. And then we've got these two people that are getting triggered up by each other. And it's basically the self-fulfilling prophecy. The anxious attacher who fears rejection is getting rejected. And the avoidant attacher who fears uh, lack of lack of freedom, right? Um, is losing their freedom because this anxious attachment is now coming at them, needing and grasping and wanting what they were giving them initially, right, until they pull back. So this is how this happens in our life. And as I said, I will go into more detail on each of these in a separate podcast each. But, you know, we all have these styles of attachment and every single relationship that we have with somebody, there is an attachment style within that. And with some, it's secure where, you know, those people like, you know, your best friend and no matter what, they love you anyway. And you can just come at them with whatever. And they can laugh at you, but love you wholly. And you can do the same with them. And, you know, maybe you've got a secure attachment with one part, with one um, parent, but not with the other. Maybe you've got a really secure attachment with your mother where you can confide in them and you can trust them and you know that they're there for you, but you might not have it with your father or vice versa. Um, and then maybe with your partner, you're stuck in this like avoidant, anxious patterning. Um, or maybe you're in secure attachment. What tends to happen if two anxious people come together in, in a relationship, one or either they're not actually attracted to each other, right? Or one will be more anxious than the other and will turn the other into avoidant because it's like this, ooh, neediness and you pull back, right? It's like that, that grasping, like kind of like creepy energy starts to come in. But it's just that they've got this anxious energy coming in and then you turn into avoidant. So even within ourselves, we can flow from anxious to avoidant, depending on how we need to stay safe. Rather than being able to be secure and being able, have boundaries in place and be able to say no, we will pull back and go avoid and start to avoid people and not message them back and, and start to go back into this patterning. So we can flow from one attachment style to another. We can have different attachment styles happening within our lives with different people. Uh, and, you know, if you have a secure attachment with your mother, but insecure, like maybe um, an a, uh, an anxious one with your father, you might find that you are very good at forming secure attachments with females, but anxious with men. Um, so this is a very much a flux and a flow thing. Now, the beautiful thing about this is that once you become aware of it, you can start to observe it within yourself and heal it, sit with the energy of it and heal it. Uh, and if you are in a relationship, just say you're in an anxious relationship, avoidant relationship, right? So just say you're anxious and you're with an avoidant partner. If both of you are aware of it and are willing to work together, it is the most beautiful whale, way, <laughs> beautiful whale. It's the most beautiful way to heal because when you're triggered up, 
you can sit with it and have a conversation with it and have that person be able to support you within going through what you need to go through to calm down and to know that you are safe and vice versa when the anxious person um, goes into fear of rejection they can sit in it and they can um, not and it's not a case of then forcing your avoidant partner to give you what you need but to be able to sit in, in the wound and to work into the pain of it and to, to release it and let go of it and to move back into secure attachment with your partner not to expect them not to need them to heal you but for you to be able to sit and heal yourself and when you trigger up in them their avoidant pattern they start to pull back being able to, to make them aware of it or have them observe it so that they can sit and to for them to be able to give themselves the freedom that they need rather than to try and get away from you to have that freedom that they need so to be aware of each other's anxious um, attachment styles also allows you to not feel rejection when your avoidant partner pulls back or to not feel smothered when your anxious partner gets triggered up but to be able to have a conversation about it and to be able to start to heal together unfortunately if you're an attachment uh, if you're an attachment style relationship where one is willing to work on it and the other just is totally unaware of it and not not willing to work on it then it's long term it's not going to work if you're healing and they're not healing then this this polarity is going to get pulled out of out of um, kind of get skewed and you're going to get to the point where maybe you're in secure attachment but they're still in their anxious or in their avoid and they're not willing to heal and you're going to outgrow them so things within ourselves that come from our attachment style is really um, how we feel about ourselves, how we feel about others, how we communicate with others, our ability to have boundaries in place and to have healthy boundaries, um, our sexuality, how we are with our, sexually with our partner and how we can be within that. Um, and then what our key belief around relationships are. So I'm going to go into, for as I go into each podcast and each style, I'm going to go into them um, in more detail so you can start to see and feel where you might be in each attachment style. And as I said, you might find that sometimes you're anxious with some people, you might be avoidant with others. And you can start to be more aware of this. The other thing I'm going to do in the podcast notes, and I'll do this for all five of these episodes, I'm going to drop a couple of links to different questionnaires that you can do. They're going to show you different attachment styles within you. Um, and with some of them, it shows you, uh, one of them, it shows you your attachment style, kind of like with your, with your mother, your father, things like that, with your um, relationships. Uh, and another one, it's kind of like, what is your main attachment style? So as I said, you might be secure with mum, insecure with dad, you might be insecure, you might be, you know, anxious with your partner. So it's it's good to do these questionnaires to start and start to get uh, an idea of where you're at. So you can start to observe yourself. And the first stage to any healing that we do within ourselves is the being able to observe ourselves, not being so stuck within it that we're kind of like lost in the woods, but to be able to float above the woods to look down into it and observe ourselves within it. So when stuff is triggered up, we become aware of it and we're able to sit with it, work into it, work out where it's coming from and to heal it. Now, the other thing too about attachment styles is, um, you know, I've talked about how it's the primary caregivers that, um, that, you know, help create it within us, but it can also be influenced by distressing or traumatic situations that happen to us in our formative years and even later on in life. So, um, it's anything that takes away from a sense of safety, right? It's going to create a different attachment style and it's how we, how we learn to stay safe within that. Um, so whether or not we learn to just kind of like we end up being anxious because of it or whether we learn to avoid it uh, or whether we can stay secure within it. So things like, um, you know, like a medical trauma or a, a loss or a death in the family, 
Um, so chaotic environments like war zones, things like that can really create attachment style issues, natural disasters, illnesses, um, moving house or country, you know, children who had to move school a lot when they were kids, even if they had really loving parents that were in secure attachment with them, if they had to keep getting ripped out of schools and moved a lot and having to, um, you know, go in and then face that potential being bullied or teased or, you know, always be the new kid at school that can influence them. So all of these situations can have an impact on our sense of safety and can disrupt healthy attachment. Um, and the other thing too about that is the effects of these situations and attachment styles can actually be passed down generationally. So we can have intergenerational trauma and attachment imprinting. So this is, um, you know, when we're talking about ancestral things, information that we're born into, and it can it's like part of the information that we're born into in the field, but then also observing our parents and learning from them. So um, attachment styles can also be influenced through things that are seemingly non-relationship relational factors. So um, religion, right? Culture, racial and social conditioning, um, exposure to media and films and TV, things like that. So if we're, I remember, you know, when I brought up, I was uh, always into rom-com. You know, I loved rom-com movies and the romantic movies and stuff like that. And, you know, within that, it's, quite often um, a woman in anxious attachment, right? And so that whole like needing to be loved, needing to be complete, you know, that feel of like that needing and wanting. And, and you know, I think possibly, I mean, it, it probably was compounding my attachment style, but I was probably drawn to it because of my attachment style as well, right? But, um, you know, we can be influenced by socio-demographic factors, by environment um, and personal collective disconnect and disembodiment. Um, religion is a big one. And culture as well so these cultural beliefs which are also ancestral as well when we're born into a particular culture and race um, the beliefs that are there and religion is going to create uh, you know it creates a lot of things to do with attachment styles as well you know as we grow as well you know observing the relationships within our families you know this is how we learn right by observation um, so observing like our parents, how they relate to each other. So if our parents have a beautiful, secure attachment together, then the way they treat us is probably going to also create a secure attachment. But observing them, we get to feel safety and security. We learn that relationship is safe. Uh, so if there is uh, push-pull dynamics, abusive dynamics, emotionally void, um, turbulent, toxic relationship, things like that, then that's going to impact us if that's what we're observing and that's what we're learning. And, and you know, if that's what we think is real, if that's what we think is a relationship, then obviously that's going to impact us and how we are able to relate to people and how we're able to attach to people. You know, we learn so much through imitation. Um, that if we're continually observing uh, health, unhealthy patterns or behaviors, then uh, through our role models, then we tend to repeat that because that's what we learn and that's that's how we learn. So you can see that there's a lot, and I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm just touching on the surface of it. There's a lot of, lots of different things, varied life experiences and interactions and things we learn to believe about ourselves and things we learn to believe about relationships and things we learn to believe about the world. Um, you know, systems, there's imprinting, there's all these things that come together and it forms our belief system and it gets downloaded. It's like a software program in our brain, right? And it's how our, our nervous system forms. Um, our brain is wired through this, through these foundational belief systems and whether or not we're safe. And, you know, these things that are there, 
we talk about triggers and so what happens is when something happens that makes us feel not safe then the body the nervous system kicks in and starts to try to get us to move to a point of safety so um, hormones are released adrenaline is released all these things are happening you know anxiety fear Um, sometimes you've got these sensations and emotions in your body and you have no idea why it's because the unconscious mind is recognizing something that's not safe and is triggering this up within you so this is what's happening within our minds when we come into relationship with people and with these attachment styles and and it's like influencing affecting how we attach to people but the good news is that we can change this software you know our foundational belief system may have been um, created by a toddler (laughs) um that we're now we're still running off i always sometimes say to my clients it's like you've got this most amazing computer in the whole wide world but it's got the simplest software program in it that was written by a child Um, And by observing it and sitting with it and allowing a sense of safety to come in to the body um, and allowing these parts of us, these inner children, to feel safety and to be able to let go and to process this emotion, this fear, we can start to come back to center and we can start to heal these wounds and we can start to come into secure attachment in our life where we're able to let go and just be in flow and be in the present moment and not always be looking out for danger and looking out for things that are going to harm us and we can just live, you know, from the present moment, creating as we go and be curious about the future and not trying to control it. And that is a beautiful place to be. Okay, I hope you enjoyed this first part of the five-part series on attachment styles. So next time, I'm going to talk about secure attachment. So I'm going to talk about, you know, what the goal is of, of what is a beautiful place to be in within our relationships with people, um, secure attachment. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Living Through Heart podcast. To find out more about me and Living Through Heart, check out DonnaJoyUsher.com and LivingThroughHeart.com. There you'll find links to everything you need, including some free tools to help you and ways you can work with me on your own soul healing journey.